0: Welcome to On the Go with Hopscotch Air. With lockdowns coming to an end and people wanting to escape their homes, we're gonna introduce you to some great Northeast destinations. Today we visit Martha's Vineyard. My guest is Nancy Gardella, the Executive Director of the Martha's Vineyard Chamber of Commerce. Nancy, thank you for joining us today and spending a few minutes. Talk to us a little bit about the Chamber of Commerce.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Andrew. So the Chamber of Commerce of Martha's Vineyard represents the six small towns that make up the beautiful island of Martha's Vineyard. And our job is really simple. Our job is to convince the whole world that Martha's Vineyard is the place to come to year round. Mm -hmm.
0: It's not just a summer location at all.
1: Oh, no, No. not at all. (laughs) Of course, it's
0: known as a summer location. But really, it's a fabulous year-round destination. Um, What are some key travel tips you might have? Because it is an island. And what are some of the must-see things people, the first-time visitor coming, maybe spending a weekend, will be so wowed by they will want to come back? And I should say that Martha's Vineyard has actually two airports. Uh, One, the big airport, and Katana, the grass field. Um, so talk to me about some travel tips on getting to Martha's Vineyard and some locations that people should visit.
1: Well, uh, first of all, I love that you said the big airport. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the big airport.
1: Um, so thank you. Um, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be flying on that all day. So Martha's Vineyard is a true island. There's no bridge. So you're either coming by boat or by plane. And luckily at the big airport, uh, especially May through October, um, several national uh, airlines do fly direct into the vineyard. And of course it's open for charter. So, So we're excited that the access is easy. I think one of the things that strikes people right off the bat as they start to look around is that they realize that maybe they've gone someplace really different. And the reason for that is, that on Martha's Vineyard, everything is one of a kind. There are no chain stores or chain restaurants or chain hotels. Now, I don't want to panic any Starbucks addicts because you can get great (laughs) coffee. Um, But, um, you know, it um, almost immediately you realize that you're in a place with a lot of one of a kind, things to do, things to see, places to stay, food to eat, shopping to be done, and that's great shopping. That's great shopping, shopping. very one-of-a-kind distinctive shopping. Also, the six small towns, what they have in common, of course, because it's an island, is pretty beaches and harbors, um, but they have six really different personalities, so it's not like you're seeing the same thing over and over again. As you explore the island, you're going to appreciate the diversity of the landscape, of the towns, and honestly,
0: of the people. Uh, There's also stargazing for people who are interested in doing that. I know the Obamas just bought a house on Martha's Vineyard. So it is the playground of the rich and famous, but there is plenty to do for the not so rich and famous.
1: That's right. Because, Andrew, Mother Nature is available to everybody, irregardless of income. Great line. Great line. And that truly really is the reason that people come back over and over again. It's an underdeveloped coastline. Now you may not feel that way in the middle of July, um, which is the only time of year that you might run into a little bit of traffic on Martha's Vineyard or find yeah. parking a little bit challenging. Um, but certainly, and and in the port communities where there's a lot to draw and attract people to. But in the more rural farming communities, there's all of that natural beauty, wonderful farms to visit, amazing beaches, of course, and lots of places to meander. And it really doesn't matter what time of year it is, you really feel like there's a lot of space to enjoy.
0: You mentioned traffic. Are you now encouraging people to leave the car at home?
1: I'll I'll say this: We often encourage people to leave the car at home, especially for short stays. The reason being is that there are a lot of easy ways to get around, and um, uh, you know, unless people have special needs that really make their trip more comfortable with their car, we do encourage people who are only coming for a few days to take full advantage of the fact that rideshare is here, alive and well. Taxis are available, but most importantly. We've got one of the best public transportation systems uh, in existence. It's, it's a bus system that goes through all the major thoroughfares of the island. It's safe, it's clean, it's affordable and reliable. And they start at five in the morning and go till one in the morning.
0: So should there's be good really enough for most no reason people. not to be using it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you found uh, in this past year that people who have typically come to the island for maybe a week are staying? So either they have bought a new home or they're renting long-term and that the winter, your population has gone up.
1: Yes. Um, So all of us in the globe had a very peculiar year last year. And um, let me say this unequivocally, um, there's never a good time for a global pandemic and there's never a good place (laughs) to be during a global pandemic. All of that being said, Having Massachusetts shut down for all intents and purposes um, last spring actually was okay for Cape Cod Martha's Vineyard Nantucket because so much of our housing stock really belongs to those people who, who use those homes as second homes. And what people were feeling is they wanted to get out of urban environments. They wanted to go to a place that made them feel safe and happy, and healthy where they could go outside with their kids and be okay and have wide open spaces. And they perceived that their second homes in coastal Massachusetts would be those places to come. And so thankfully those people came and and honestly Andrew, they haven't left yet. They were able to work remotely. Their kids were able to go to school remotely. And so they stayed. And honestly, thank goodness for them because Where we lost, just like everywhere else, so much of our economy. We have one industry, and it's tourism. And we lost so much of that, that those seasonal homeowners and people who loved Martha's Vineyard and would normally come for a week came for a month. And those short-term renters that became longer-term renters, those seasonal homeowners that spent a year plus now with us, they saved our economy, and we're so
0: grateful to them. And it's important to note that there has always been a year-round population of Martha's Vineyard. Um, you know, there are schools. People might say, why are there schools if I'm over here in the summer? <laughs> but, but you have a built-in community already in existence.
1: We do. We have um, 20,000 year-round residents in our six towns. Um, and, and that means that Martha's Vineyard is never shut down. There never becomes a time when Martha's Vineyard is isolated, where it's not a great place to visit.
0: Let me ask you a little bit about the history. Most people may not know this, but it has an interesting history among the deaf community. Uh, there's actually a Martha's Vineyard sign language, I understand. Can you talk to me about what that history is like?
1: Andrew, I am so glad that you asked. This has become a passion project for me over the last two years. So. In the 1700s, a group of families um, emigrated from from England and stopped first in Plymouth. And then some of those family members came on to Martha's Vineyard and they were farmers and fishermen. And what they had was in their extended family a a, um, genetic hearing disorder that resulted in about 150 years on Martha's Vineyard where one in four people were completely deaf. But in true Martha's Vineyard fashion, that did not, those people were not in any way isolated. They owned businesses, they married hearing people, children came from those marriages, some hearing, some non-hearing, but those people participated in the community and how the community adapted was that everyone on Martha's Vineyard spoke by hand and spoke verbally so that they could be understood. And when the first deaf school opened um, in New England, in fact, Island kids went to that school and it was a school that was teaching a sign language based on the alphabet, and that's mm-hmm. what the sign language was: was teaching the alphabet, so that uh, deaf people could spell. And what the Vineyard kids brought is they brought the sign language that had been used for a couple of hundred years on Martha's Vineyard. That were sort of shortcuts, in, rather than spelling things, which they didn't have. They used hundreds of signs for common things, mom, dad, house, horse, fishing, uh, you know, tying shoes, whatever it was. And that got incorporated into the school, because it added a level of sophistication, which then evolved into American Sign Language as we know it today. So really, it was those families, those early families that came to Martha's Vineyard that created this amazing sign language that evolved into American Sign Language.
0: Martha's Vineyard also played a key role in the abolition movement. Yes. Uh, just last October, it was declared part of the Underground Railroad. Uh, and I understand you have a pretty large African American museum that that addresses that.
1: We actually, what we have is we have an African American Heritage Trail. An amazing educator named Elaine Weintraub came to the came to Martha's Vineyard because of marriage and discovered this history, taught this history in our high schools and developed this amazing heritage trail that celebrates the contributions that that African-Americans have always had on Martha's Vineyard from farmers to fishermen to whalers. um, But in addition, chronicles the Underground Railroad and the important place that Martha's Vineyard had in that history. Um, Martha Vineyard was also the place where, you know, post the Great Depression, African-American business people on the East Coast having survived uh, slavery and, and coming out of slavery, and then the Great Depression, they were finally able to really build their businesses. And what they found was that they weren't, they didn't feel entirely welcome in the enclaves of say the Hamptons at that time as a vacation destination. Mm -hmm. And a group of families came to Martha's Vineyard, loved what they saw, loved the feeling that they had and that they were welcome. And soon, more and more and more of those African-American families came to Martha's Vineyard, built big old beach houses, the kind of house that you would envision. You know, you knew that people, when they built them, thought, I'm bringing my kids, and then my grandkids will come, and my great grandkids, and this will be our happy place for generations. And that remains true. So we have always had this tremendous diversity from the Native American tribe, the Wampanoag, who were here long before it was colonized, um, the deaf community, and our, our wonderful African-American community who found the home here.
0: So you can get the sun and you get a lot of little history when you go to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, Nancy, how could people reach you? if they want to reach you, and um, how could they reach the chamber? Well, thank you
1: so much for asking. So mvy.com is our website. You can also find us on social media at Visit Martha's Vineyard. We are all over social media, and we'd be delighted to help um, you plan your perfect Martha's Vineyard getaway.
0: Nancy Gardella, the Executive Director of the Martha's Vineyard Chamber of Commerce, I thank you so much for joining us today. It was a fun conversation. Thanks, Andrew. I'm Andrew Schmertz, and that's On the Go with Hopscotch Air.
1: See you next time.